Turn with me just for a couple of verses, please. First of all, in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 18. Luke's Gospel, please, in chapter 18. Concerning our Lord Jesus Christ, Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and verse 31. Then he took unto him the twelve, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be, diver- de- he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on, and they shall scourge him, and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and the sayings was hid from them, neither knew they all things which were spoken. Turn uh, over, please, to John's Gospel in chapter 3. For a verse, please. John chapter 3. And verse 36. John chapter 3 and verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. And finally, please, a verse in First Peter in chapter 4. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 4 and verse 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Of God. That's all I would like to read tonight, and we trust with God's blessing upon it. It's simple, just what has really connected these few verses together in my mind is as you and I live in a world that is, is so uncertain, and as we would try sometimes to plan things out and to think just about the future together, you know, so many a time. We make a plan. We make plans. Maybe it's children and they're making plans at school of what their subjects are going to be and as they think of careers. Maybe as those of us who are in business and we would try to make plans. And you know, so often we find that things are just, this life is just so fickle. And how quickly the best made plans can change. You know, I would like tonight just that you and I together could think about the future and think about things that aren't just trivial, like school and like work, like business. Things that are for eternity. You know, we finished off reading, what shall the end be? What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? You know, I would like just just you and your little mind to go out in your mind's eye just to think of the end of life and think what shall the end be? What shall the end be? You know, just a story I remember reading in a book of a man and as he thought of his life and he had the thing planned out and how that he was going to get a job and he was going to have promotion. I think it was maybe a preacher was asking him, what about his life? He says, well, I'm going to get such and such a job. And he says, what then? The preacher said, what then? 
He says, I'm going to get promotion. And what then? Well, I'll, I'll be able to have a bit of money and settle down. And what then? And the man started to get a wee bit uncomfortable. He says, well, I suppose then I'll retire. And he says, what then? And the man thought, he says, well, I suppose the end of life will come. And the preacher asked the question again, what then? Dear soul, where is your mind's eye? Where is your focus upon? What is your ambition? As I've said, everything in this life is trivial when you think of the great never-ending eternity and that you and I have a soul that will never cease to be. You know, death will come if the Lord be not come for us all. Death will come. And what will the things that occupy your mind mean then? For there's only two places on the other side. There's heaven for those who are saved, who have had a moment in their life's experience when they put their trust in Christ, acknowledged in the presence of God, I'm at guilty and a hell-deserving sinner, and acknowledged that I deserve to be in hell. But there was one who left heaven, the splendor and glory of heaven, the Son of God, and went to the cross for me. Dear friend, those of us who are saved, all that we have for eternity, I was a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. Have you had a moment in your life like that? That you can go back to and say it was then that I trusted Christ. Dear soul, can I remind you tenderly that if you never have been saved, been born again, and you were to die that way, hell, and then the leg of fire eternally. As I've said, there's only two places on the other side. You know, I would like you just to look out to the future tonight and consider where will I be in eternity? You know, we read these verses here in Luke's Gospel in chapter 18. And as I have pondered them over this morning, they were much upon my mind as we remember the Lord, of one who knew the future, knew his future. We, we don't know what lies before, and many a time we're glad. But here was one, the only begotten Son of God, and he knew all that lay before. He knew right from eternity past. He never ceased to be. God and his Son dwelt together in that harmony, that near place together. And yet, as it Peter could say, he was the Lamb, fairly foreordained before the foundation of the world. And God knew right from eternity past that when he created man, that man would re rebel against him and that there would be a need for a savior. And we can apply those words of our Lord Jesus Christ, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. You know, we can think of how that there came that time when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son. God sent him forth from his side. God that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. God loved his son. 
but he spared him from his side for you and for me. And yet, just as God sent his son, Christ was willing to come. Lower than angels. You know, he passed the angels by. Philippians, we can read there in chapter 2 that he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. You know, it is not a wonder to you that the God who created the heavens and the earth should take upon him human flesh and to walk in this world that his hands had made. And yet he was sinless, spotless and pure. There were never, was never one who walked this earth like him. You know, there was never a wrong word, never a wrong deed, never a wrong thought. Every motive was pure. And you know, he came in contact with so many and they went away blessed. And God could look down upon him, his son. And for the first time he could say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, he was never able to say that upon about any other man that had walked that scene of time. For Christ was sinless, spotless, and pure. And he walked this scene of time. And yet it never ceases to amaze me of how that he knew all that lay before. You know, sometimes we sing that hymn, then dawned at last that day of dread, when desolate yet undismayed, with wearied frame and thorn-crowned head, he now forsaken and betrayed, went up for me to Calvary, and dying there in grief and shame, he saved me, blessed be his name. And he didn't shrink back from the, from the cross at Calvary. What did we read? Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be delivered into the hands, into the, unto the Gentiles, shall be mocked and spitefully entreated, shall be spitted upon. They shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise, rise again. And yet we read there in Luke chapter 9 that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. From the track he turned not back. And willingly he allowed himself to be taken. In the garden of Gethsemane as those men came forth. And he could ask them, whom seek ye? And as he would reply, as they replied, Jesus of Nazareth, he said, I am he. If ye seek me, let these go their way. And what do we read? That they bound Jesus and led him away, bound him as a criminal, and led him to a false trial. You know, I was reading this morning again of how that they could ask him who he was. And when he said, when he affirmed that he was Jesus, he was the Son of God. Then that they spit in his face. Puny man spat in the face of my Savior, the Son of God. They treated him just as, as the lowest, the lowest of the of, of society. He is despised and rejected of men. 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, despised. He was despised. Dear soul, what do you think of Christ tonight? Is he just a man whom the Christians speak of? Is he just a man whom the preachers who stand on this gospel platform each Lord's Day try to exalt? Or like many of the saints here, we can say he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend. Why do we love that one? We love him because he first loved us. That love that was displayed at Calvary when he suffered and bled and died in our guilty Roman stead. Dear friend, have you ever asked yourself the question, why was Christ upon the cross? Why did Christ need to suffer upon the cross? Was sin really that serious? Yes, dear friend. As you look upon Calvary, it tells us the seriousness of sin against God. You know, one sin put man out of the Garden of Eden. And dear friend, that same sin demanded that a death must take place, that God's wrath must be, uh, must be meted out. And yet Christ, out of love to you and me, he stood in the breach, as it were, and upon that cross he bore the punishment for our sins. And dear friend, before he died, he cried that great and victorious cry, it is finished. It is finished. God is eternally satisfied with that work which his son accomplished upon the cross. How do we know? For God raised him from the dead. You know, we could speak of that too. The third day he shall rise again. There was never any question that Christ would not accomplish the work. The work is finished. And all that God demanded because of your sin and mine has been fully met in him. That death penalty has taken place. The death of Christ. God has raised him from the dead and exalted him at his own right hand in glory. That highest place. That future of Christ as he could look down through this, the, the, the channels of time from eternity past, the cross, but beyond the cross was the glory. And dear friend, there's coming a day and it's just as, just as, as sure to happen as the cross did that he must reign. He must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. And dear friend, Christ will reign from the river to the end of the earth. You know, another thing that's so sure and we're told that in Philippians chapter 2 as well. That every knee shall bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friend, if you don't bow your knee to him in time, there will come a day in eternity when you will acknowledge him as Lord. But dear friend, tonight if you were to acknowledge him as Lord, it would be Lord and Saviour. You know, I want to remind you that in eternity there will be many who will acknowledge him as Lord, but it will be too late. It will be too late. Dear friend, you make your choice in time where you will be in eternity. And it's what you do with Christ 
will determine that destiny. You know, I was thinking too, here in John chapter 3, the future of the believer, the future of the believer. You know, it's very clear in this verse that there's two categories. There's he that believeth on the Son. There's he that believeth not the Son. Excuse me. What category do you find yourself in? You know, the meeting is just divided just as the verse is divided. As As I've already said, there's those who have trusted Christ. There's those who have believed him not. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. You know, dear friend, those of us who are saved, we currently, presently, have everlasting life. And what's the future? It will be everlasting life right throughout the countless ages of eternity. Dear friend, if you were to trust Christ tonight, everlasting life would be yours now and throughout the countless ages of eternity. You know, it's not possible that you can be saved today and lost tomorrow. Christ could say, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father that giveth them me is greater than all, and no man shall pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. There's that double security. And dear friend, if you were to trust Christ tonight, never to never perish, never perish. Everlasting life. Would you not long to know, come what may in this world, I have Christ, just like that woman that the hymn writer wrote about in London. I have Christ, what want I more? You know, could I not whet your appetite tonight for him, for Christ and for salvation, and to know that when life is over and past, that it will be to be with him forever. You know, I was thinking too on the way down the road, and our brethren mentioned it in the prayer meeting of the Lord's return. The future that lies before that hope which we have as believers in Christ. You know, he's about to come. He's about to come. And you know, we look forward to that day when we'll hear that shout. You know, it could happen even today. Those of us who are saved would rise like still to the magnet and will be gone forever to take him from off this death dim shore and to be so shall we ever be with the Lord. If he was to come tonight, what about you? Would you be left just in the seat where you're sitting just now or would you rise and be with him eternally? You know, I want to think just for the few minutes that's remaining of the future of the Christ rejector. Maybe you say tonight, well, that's a bit strong. You know, you've spoke of those who are believers and then you've spoke of the Christ rejector. Dear friend, if you haven't trusted Christ up until now, you're a rejector of Christ. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? You know, dear friend, tonight God offers you salvation. I don't know all of my audience. I know many. And there's many who have heard the gospel 
for years. And yet you've never obeyed the gospel. And Peter, as he writes, he could say, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Dear friend, God has provided salvation for you at utmost cost. It has cost him his only begotten son out of love to your soul. And tonight God offers you salvation freely, without money and without price. It's not of works, it's a free gift. And God offers you salvation. What are you going to do with God's offer of salvation? Are you going to accept it and to acknowledge in the presence of God my sin that is separated between me and God, that has caused that great division? And if I got what I righteously deserved, I would be under God's wrath eternally, the wrath of God. And yet that wrath that fell upon him, you know, the hymn writer could say the wrath of God, which was our due, upon the lamb was laid. And by the shedding of his blood, the debt for us he paid. Dear friend, can you not see it? That that wrath, which should have been my portion, fell upon Christ. Would you not trust him? But you not put your trust in him for eternity. And just to see that I was a guilty sinner. But Jesus died for me. Or are you going to reject him? God has done all he can. To see you in heaven. That your sins may be forgiven. And tonight God offers you salvation. On the simplest of possible terms. Are you going to accept Christ? Are you going to reject him? For dear friend, in rejecting Christ, God has no other choice as it were, but that you would be in the blackness of darkness forever. You know, dear friend, these things are solemn. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? The wrath of God. Hellfire. The great white throne judgment when the books are opened and every man was judged out of those things which were written in the books. And how that that book would be opened to, not to show or to see if your name is written there, the Lamb's Book of Life, but to prove that it was never written there. And they that were not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life were cast into the lake of fire. Dear friend, where will you be in eternity? Just at half past five, I'm, I'm finished. Where will you be in eternity? You know, the future isn't certain for any of us. You know, 
James could say, what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. In Proverbs we could read, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And in a life full of change and fickleness. Dear friend, there's a future that's certain. There's eternity that lies out before every one of us. Where will you be? Would you not trust Christ tonight? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. But he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in him. Dear friend, don't leave the hall tonight without trusting Christ and knowing that heaven is your eternal destiny. May you do so for his name's sake. Shall we pray? Our Father, we bow in thy holy presence. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank thee again that ever thou didst send thy Son into this world to go to the cross at Calvary and to suffer and die for us. We thank thee again that he is exalted at thine own right hand. He is able to save all that will come unto thee through him. We will pray for all who have gathered this evening. We pray that thou will bless in all that has been said, all that has been of thyself. We would long that sinners might consider where they will be when time shall be no more, and that they might get to Christ and trust him. Trust him for eternity. Enjoy him in time. And to be ready when we hear that shout and rise to meet him in the air. We leave every need before thee. We pray for thy blessing upon all who have gathered. And we ask that thou will take us to your homes in safety. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs>